Welcome to episode 73 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. Could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio show, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. I am your co-captain, Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined by my other co-captain, having two makes it a co, Kyle Springer. I am co-number two today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the leader. I'm in charge. Exactly. Kyle, how are you today? I am pretty fantastic. It's a three-day weekend for me. I have Monday off since it's Labor Day, Uh, Mm -hmm. and I had some barbecue chicken for dinner. I did yeah, the nice. Mr. Miyagi thing of catching a fly in my hands, and I had to go wash my hands after- afterwards because I actually got it. Uh, and I'm feeling good. <sighs> feeling good. You're so and fast. I, and and I have a Blue Moon Mango Wheat. We are not sponsored. Ooh, tropical. Yeah, yeah it's actually very good. Very summery. Nice. How about I had you? a fine day. I played a Star Wars RPG with my family, and then I got some Culver's, the Midwestern so treat. Did did J- 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 Jess tell you more about her play? The, the no, Star I know Wars that she play. She was in the band playing saxophone for a play of The Empire Strikes Back, which sounds amazing. And she showed us a picture of the. It's not a wampa, is it? It's one of the Hoth monsters. Something like that. Mm. Uh, so apparently that play, uh, I don't know if it was written by or produced by or something, but it's the creator of the Star Wars game that you're playing, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, so. Yes, she, we're playing Edge of the Empire. Yeah. I, she mentioned that on the captain's log two weeks ago. And I was like, you should tell Melissa that. And then I forgot to follow up. Uh, when we recorded it just the <laughs> uh, other day, but you re- reminded me. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I listened to her say it, so uh, it's like she said it to me. <laughs> she, she, she was that telling works. you when I listened to the recording later. That works, yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about this week, Melissa? We are talking about season one of The Terror. This is an AMC anthology horror historical drama series. Each season is a self-contained story. So season one is 10 episodes, is one complete story. Season two is airing right now, and this is its own completely different historical spook tale. Yeah. Uh, I had heard good things about this. I think... I first heard about it from Jeff Ramsey, who is Hmm. a part of Rooster Teeth and Achievement Hunter. Uh, And he was mentioning it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm watching this show called The Terror. It's like spoopy ice stuff. And I was like, that sounds neat. And that was all I heard. And then apparently they mentioned it again because season two had just started. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and then you pitched it on the on the on the show, and three the third time is a ch- charm. I was like, well, it's a sign I need <laughs> to watch this show. Uh, so I had, mm-hmm. I, I, had heard I heard about it. Excited. Yeah, I my old lost fan group from back uh, 
10 years ago when Lost was still airing. We're all still friends with each other. This is their new obsession. Everybody was watching the terror. And I was seeing all of these jokes and references to the terror. And I'm like, I'm tired of being left out. I need to know what this is. <laughs> Don't leave And me. I pitched you a bunch of historical dramas. Yeah. And you picked the spooky one. Yeah. Because here we record on the last day of August. It's just about time to start getting spooky. But mm-hmm. it's still hot. So you're like, the ice will cool me down. That sounds refreshing. Let's watch the Arctic one. The, the Monday that is Labor Day is the first official spoop day. In my mind, <laughs> it's spook day. <laughs> Happy spook day. Bring out your pumpkins. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was more interested in this in the sense that it was a like a his like a spe- like a historical fiction, but with like a supernatural twist to yeah, it. Yeah. You don't really That's see that often. That's what really hooked me. Um. I, th- I think his historical fiction can be neat, uh, especially if it starts to get really crazy uh, with 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 just the yeah. the the stuff that is going on behind the scenes and secret societies and all sorts of stuff. And I was just like, this sounds interesting. Uh, do you want to get into a bit of a synopsis? For what yeah, this is? yeah. This is based on true events. It is historical. Mm-hmm historical speculative fiction in 1845 yeah. yeah a pair of british ships went sailing through northern arctic canada way up there through all these different ice islands trying to find the northwest passage a some sort of a waterway that will connect the atlantic to the pacific so then they can get the, to this to the pacific without needing to travel like around south america around africa or anything like that and it's these two ships trying to find it and every condition in the world is against them it is an it's unnaturally cold they are stuck in the ice like the water is completely frozen they're frozen in there in the winter summer comes it does not get warm enough to thaw they're frozen in there for like two years or something wild And you just watch all the crew members of these ships, these two ships traveling in tandem, just slowly disintegrate in mind and body. Like it's these crew, it's these officers fighting with each other about the best way to survive and how to ration out food and how to take care of each other and just keep the men from going insane. And amidst all of the survivalist aspects, there is a sort of a mythic Inuit beast mm-hmm. out there on the ice that is hunting them more so just demolishing them <laughs> but yeah yes <laughs> hunting implies that it is a challenge for this creature it is not it just not barrels straight on through i was trying to describe the show to my dad and he's like well if they're running out of rations why don't they just kill and eat that thing like dad, they are trying. They are throwing. It's everything not even an animal birth. I don't know if they could eat it. Yeah, yeah. Never mind the fact that it is impossible for them to kill. Pretty much. Um. So I I think it's important to note that this TV show is an anthology. Uh. So that season two yes. is a completely different story. Uh. But season yes. one. Uh, is based off of a 2007 novel by Dan Simmons of the same name. 
uh, and that's where the sh- show gets its title f- f- yeah. from. The name of the two ships are the Terror and the Erebus, which mm-hmm. don't sound foreboding at all. Sure, those ships will be very lucky. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked this a lot. This had a ton of elements that I really, really enjoyed. However, I don't think it was supernatural enough for me. Really? Yeah. I, I was kind of disappointed in that sense. <laughs> um, and, I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it more. But on, on one hand, I'm wondering if maybe I could have done without the supernatural stuff. And just, like, have it be speculative fiction, but more realistic. And, and, and just like, hey, the, let's just... Yeah, where it's Im- just like a... yeah them just trying to survive and just yeah and instead of a monster it's just like one heck of a bear yeah and it's 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 just like it like because i i liked the drama of this stuff the acting is fantastic Mm -hmm. the writing is incredible um but i yeah i just it to me it seemed like in the long run there wasn't enough supernatural stuff but that's just me my take yeah, i still this really is, liked it though yeah this is less of a supernatural story with a historical setting and more of a historical drama that has a supernatural layer on top of it sure. yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. i really dug this yeah so- i watched five episodes in a row last week which i don't do i'm i'm not a binger that's just not my habit but i devoured this thing five episodes in a row the next night four episodes in a row i finished the show in three days that's awesome you you told me was it yesterday or fr- yeah yesterday that you got done on tuesday yes yes so so, so you started it last sunday <laughs> just as soon and, as we decided on it yeah i'm like okay let's do this i'm wow. ready okay good good good, good, good stuff. I, so I i started i think on wednesday and i watched like the first three or four and then i watched the next three or four after that and then i watched the next two before we recorded the captain's log and then i watched the final one that night Mm-hmm. so there you go Yeah, I have been living with this for several more days, and I feel haunted by this show. Let me ask you this before we get into housekeeping and spoilers. Did you go back to your friends already and have a big, long discussion of like, okay, well, what did this mean? And what happened here? And what what was was going on? What was your favorite part? That was my favorite part, too. Oh, my God. I did. I did update I did update them on my progress and I told them like 15 minutes into the first episode good sir is my favorite and then immediately four of them were like good sir is the best character and then somebody found a picture like a t-shirt somebody's selling on red bubble or whatever that is uh-huh. good sir with this like angelic halo around its his head and it's like buy the saint good shirt <laughs> buy the saint good sir shirt <laughs> protect him <laughs> So, yeah, yes, I'm glad. Oh, everybody is on board. There is everybody's great. All these characters, but there is one very clear best boy. Yeah, 
Exactly. And it is Dr. Harry Goodsir. Exactly. I mean, his name is Goodsir. <laughs> the names in this are wild because it's so many just like generic 1800s names like Edward and Irving. And then there's characters like but Mr. Goodsir and Mr. Hickey and Mr. Blanky. But they're real people. <laughs> they are <laughs> evidently i guess a real man named james Fitzjames. right um so let's get into housekeeping for a sec here and then we will finally get into spoilers and start dissecting uh this series mm-hmm. uh so last nice week here, words there right mm-hmm uh so last week here on the review show uh we did hip-hop family tree volume one uh that Mm -hmm. is a comic book by ed piscor uh you guys should absolutely check it out if you are into hip-hop in the slightest or just want to learn more about how it all got started uh that was kind of the point for for us i i was like melissa we should teach you about (laughs) hip-hop Uh, and so, of course, it was two white people talking about hip-hop, uh, and it was good, clean family fun. Uh, let's see, we just recorded a new episode of The Captain's Log, which is one of our uh, Mm -hmm. other podcasts. It was you, me, and Jess Beaver. Uh, we got to hear a little bit more about D23. Mm -hmm. Uh, we got to hear about... Let's see what else did we talk about? Ooh, the 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 Star Wars trailer and and stuff like that for the rise of Skywalker, and mostly like regional foods and beverages, yes. which I feel like is what happens every time we get together because we're in three completely different parts of the country and we need to compare notes. Exactly, exactly. So we had a good time. Go check out that stuff. We also had what was our. Uh, we had a very weird conversation about butter and, and just how much of it is being used to make sculptures and butter burgers. Yeah, because yeah, I'm here wild. in the Midwest and we have butter sculptures at our state fairs and we have butter burgers at Culver's, as previously mentioned. Yes. Uh, so go go check that out as well. You guys can find those on the whatnots.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's see. I think that's good for housekeeping for now. Yeah. Let's get on. All right. Okay. Melissa, you just okay, have something to be raring else. to go. I am. I am raring to go. I've got. There's so much going on in the show. I told my friends I watched five episodes in one night, and they're like, "Okay, good. Yes, you're coming up on episode six. Then that's the spicy one." They're like, "Oh yeah, just mm, real spicy, hot, crispy barbecue potato chip." That episode. I'm like what? And spicy like how? Like is there a sex? Yeah, I'm like, would you there a sex scene in something? Or yeah, there's, there's, there's something some, in like, this I couldn't get weird it. Weird supernatural orgy about to happen <laughs> here. What's spicy. going on? They're like, oh no, the doctor sets the entire camp on fire. He sets himself on fire. Everybody's dying. They're trapped in a tent and they can't get out. And it's Hickey. Of course, it's Hickey that's like, I'm gonna cut you out of here. It's just wait till I kill and eat all of you guys later. Yeah. That's the thing about this show is that it is so brutal. Like, it just keeps punching you in new ways you did not know you could be punched. It's ruthless. It doesn't let up. Like, 
there's no, oh, you know that one moment? There's like 15 of those in 10 episodes. Yeah. It is. It, it was a lot gorier than I expected. That That is one thing I will say about this show. Because, like, yeah, there's this giant monster, but I was kind of not expecting them to show it all that often. And so you would see huh. characters, like, get pulled off screen or killed in some way that you couldn't see them. And, mm-hmm. and 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 then they you know it, it would show the other characters looking at them and be like ooh you know that's mm-hmm. more what I was ex- expecting but no this shows <gasps> people getting ripped in half their heads b- b- being torn off they're like they're, there's all sorts of stuff um it's it's, it's, it's really brutal. visceral yeah it it does not pull any punches and it's not necessarily a constant barrage of it. Like it picks and chooses its moments. And then it's like, just like, just like Hickey, he's talking real sweet to what's that guy's name? Billy. Just like, Oh, it's okay, Billy. Like you're going to get better. You're mm-hmm. going to heal. And we're going to get out of here. And then it's like, stab. Okay. Right? Yeah. All right. Butcher this man so that we can eat him. Yeah, Exactly. Um, I liked it. I liked how rough it was. And it's the ending is truly haunting. Like the final frame of this show is unlike anything I think I've ever seen. It's so desolate. It's so empty. And I kind of like that it did that. So let's let's start with that. Then let's start with the end of this show. Mm -hmm. Because so it, it starts where it ends. The show starts, I think, in 1848 or so, maybe a year or two after that. I think it's 45. Something. Well, 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 no, because the the first scene, it starts at the end of it all, and it's the the people talking to the Eskimo being like, hey, did you see any of these people around here? Did you Mm, see the one that mm. was called I, f- I forget what his uh eskimo agluka. Name is. yeah that one he's like do you know agluka who the hell is agluka and he was like it's that one uh and then we don't like we, we see a little bit oh, more yeah. after that but then the show ends in that spot as well and we see, see the scene from a different perspective in which that character is literally j- 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 just outside the tent t- tent listening in and then walks off uh in into nothingness basically uh Mm -hmm. and yeah what i want to ask you what was that final frame exactly because he goes walking off okay uh and then it does the the thing where it like it 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 fades into him just like sitting there and there's like a young child next to him i mm. what okay. was that who, okay. who who was that was that lady silence it didn't look like her it's it's i think it's just a kid so crozier has now just become part of this local community because right. all of his men are dead and theoretically he could leave the opportunity yeah. is right there like one of the his fellow englishmen like 
came up to Arctic Canada looking like, is this man here? Do you have this man? And he's standing out right outside the tent and he doesn't step in saying, yes, here I am. He's like, no, tell him I'm dead. Tell him we're all dead because he can't. He is just completely ruined by everything that has happened. He can't stand going back there. He can't go back to England. He is what has happened to him has separated him into a completely different realm of living. His life will not, cannot be the same. He can't go back. So he's just living among this community now. And the final frame is him. It looks like there's um like a hole cut in the ice and he's got a spear and he's trying to like hunt for a fish underneath the layer of ice. And there's just like uh, a kid who's just sort of hanging out next to him. Just like he's become part of the community. He's like, he's going to help feed the kid. And it, the frame freezes and it like very slowly pulls out on him. It's just him, the kid, the spear, the ice, this desolate snowy landscape. And it's so cold and desolate and melancholy and sad. And that's how it ends. Like, yep, there's no going back. Everybody's dead except for this man. And this is his life now that the stillness of it calls back to that flashback when all of the commanders were in that theater and what they're doing at this theater is that they're seeing these sort of living tableaus. Like it's not a play. It's like all these actors and like costumes and sets and they just sort of get into the position like they're a living painting. And there's an announcer that's like this historical event. And then like, like you look at it and they're all in the poses with the costumes and you clap and it's like, Sir Franklin in deepest South. And there's like a, tableau of all of them exploring antarctica because they got to the south pole and this whole show this whole show is about the north it's that he was it's the living tableau from that theater scene again but it's like this is it there is no adventure there's no romance there's no grandeur you would never show this to a theater full of clapping socialites in london this is how it ends interesting I I was very confused by that last scene because I had no idea what it was, and I'm I'm still because mm. like you you mentioned he had a spear. I saw the spear, but it wasn't poised to strike. Is that like it looked mm. like it was sitting a, across his lap? Well, he's just like waiting to see the fish swim by that hole or something. It is kind of vague exactly could, what he's doing, but I think that's th- it. That could very well be possible, but I didn't see a hole. The kid next to him looked like they were dead. Like I, it, it just like they weren't moving. I just didn't understand. Like you see him walking off with this c- c- community. And then there's this scene where he's just sitting there. He looks defeated. He looks, which Sure, yeah. makes sense in that regard, but like, why not just have him continue to walk off with the thing? Like, you can just have him walk off into nothingness. Why? Like, I, don't I think know. that I would was give us confused. the. Ev- I I like the tableau ending, and like, there's, it's showing that he is settled here he's not going anywhere but he's not happy about it it's not like he's like oh boy sure i'm happy to have my new friends here in this in this native community it's like not like they're hostile to each other they do get along fine but Mm -hmm. it's not like well i lost my ship family now i've got this family it's no it's just we need each other to survive please help 
help me get furs, help me feed myself, help me live. But the rest of his life is just empty and cold and hollow. Like he doesn't even, I would understand him not going back to England, but he doesn't even try to say like, I'm, I'm just going to get to Newfoundland. I'm going to get to Nova Scotia or something. It's not like he just goes off and starts a new life. Like, no, he is stuck there. He is, he could have the ability to move, you know, maybe years from now, the temperatures would thaw, like the ice would clear. He could get in a boat. He could sail away somewhere. No, he is, his mind is always going to be out there on the ice. So that's Mm -hmm. just where he's going to stay. And I like the final frame because it, it calls back to that tableau of there was no adventure. There was no glory. This is all it came to was just horror and emptiness. Yeah. I think part of me thinks he doesn't want them to know that he's still alive Mm -hmm. out of guilt. Yeah. When, when, when when they like basically tell him like, Hey, you're going to live with us now. His response is this like, even after everything I've done like to you and your people like Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense I've like there's been so much needless death and he feels responsible that I'm wondering if it's this like hey if I actually tell them what happened and try to go back home they're just gonna send more people and slaughter them and like do all you know like more destruction will come if if mm-hmm. I let them know what actually happened here, yeah. Um. So he's just like, we're just gonna, no, we're done. <laughs> yeah, and like to tell them what happened. People back in England, I don't think could imagine anything worse than what actually happened. So let them just believe. Oh, they all got frozen in somewhere. Maybe they're like. You know, there's the handful of men that were left on the ship just in case it eventually did thaw. Like, mm-hmm. maybe he wants the rest of England to think, oh, we're all just like them. We're all just dead on the ship somewhere instead of, well, we tried to walk out and then we got divided into all these different factions. And then a bunch of us died from, you know, scurvy and lead poisoning or ate each other. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So I... When did so you said you watched the first five episodes that first night? When when were oh. you actually hooked? Like it, it it sounded like you you wanted to like the show. You went in with it being like I I just need to watch this. But what was the moment that you actually got hooked on the show? I... I really love when there's that sick boy in the first episode. I don't even remember his name, but he's talking to good sir and he's scared of dying. And good sir's like, don't be scared. I've heard it's like this. I heard you've seen a light and it's weird to think, Oh, there was a time when that concept was new. And I guess it's now like, I've heard about this whole light thing that you see like before this was ingrained as part of our culture. It's like one guy's to tell another guy, like you heard about this. There's light. You see loved ones and there's music and angels. Like Christian, like comfort thing. I'm just like, Hey, there's going to be a bright light. Everything's going to be happy. Your loved ones will be there. You'll be singing songs. It's all fantastic. You know? Um, yeah, and like that's become such a routine thing in stories we might see nowadays. But like the way he says it is like this has just been 
a new development. Like there was somebody who like, you know, died for a minute and then came back to life. And this was written about in a scientific journal that he read. It's mm -hmm. like, this is just something new he has learned. And he's like, I'm going to tell you this you know, this is what's going to happen and it's okay. And you don't have to be scared. You don't have to worry about letting in any of the commanders down. Like he's so absolutely invested and sincere. And he's like, yes, I'm going to take your ring. I'm going to take it back home and give it to your sister so that she has the gold. Like he's absolutely committed to easing all of this boy's pains and worries. I'm like, I love this guy. Like everybody seemed pretty interesting, He's but I'm like, here, sir. I've got <laughs> something to hold on to. Yes. Right. <laughs> Literal good, sir. Exactly. I loved that. And then I loved when that boy is hallucinating as he's dying and he sees what looks like the figure of Lady Silence's father, I suppose. And he's wearing this mask that is this like crazy, like this twisted face, mm -hmm. which is an image that doesn't come back. But I loved seeing it that first yeah. time. I'm like, OK, now the horror starts. Now, here we go. Yeah, I this think is what was... I like. Like, show me the sweetest, softest thing and then terrorize me both please yeah so yeah i i i liked that hallucination scene that happened right there mm -hmm. a lot but like you said it didn't come back and so that was one of the disappointments for me i was starting to wonder oh i wonder if this monster is a hallucination because i haven't really seen it yet and mm -hmm. all, you know all, all of that stuff um unfortunately i found the show to be very very slow until like episode eight um it, it, really? it, it again yeah it, it's it's still written fantastically uh i i liked the acting and and stuff it, it just yeah it didn't it didn't hook me until the end of the show um, mm. which which yeah so like i i wanted more su supernatural stuff is is basically my point um and i think also in 10 e e episodes it was also a li little hard for me to get into the characters like stuff was happening in, you know in episode four five and six that mm -hmm. ends with that fire and i just i didn't know who they were yet and so i was just that's... like it's kind of hard to care about some of the I... stuff that's happening <laughs> go ahead yeah i really liked all the main characters it is hard to keep the supporting cast separate because it is just like a, a bunch of brunette white guys with various stages of beard. And this show takes place over a long amount of time. It takes place over like three yes. years. And so you'll be like, okay, that's the guy with the sideburns. And then the next episode, like eight months have gone, have gone yeah. by and his sideburns have grown into a full beard. And you're like, is that the same guy? Maybe I should have picked a different feature than his hair to memorize him by. Yeah. So it, it's like, a, there's a lot of them. And I am honestly was... still muddled about Difficult. a couple of them this deserves a rewatch just so i can know every supporting guy's name <laughs> for sure but like yeah so i i that's the thing like despite me wanting more supernatural stuff and i i i, I have an imagination to be like oh that like that stone 
uh, that like pile of stone thing is like Here. a bunch of biblical like you know there's biblical references that are sim similar to that like what if there is a clue there to this hidden underwater temple and there's you know there's like I, 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 like the, the, that's where my mind was going and and, <laughs> and stuff like that um but did you have a favorite character uh I you know I I think I think I liked Jared Harris's character. Crozier, yeah, yeah, because um, he I I I love him as an actor. I think he's fantastic, and he terrifies mm -hmm. me in a lot of his roles. He's real spoopy. He's a very intense man. He is, uh, but it it, it works. Uh, I think I first saw him in in Fringe, and I was scared of him. Uh, but yeah, so like he he's he's a similar kind of character where he's this very intense man who seems like he's not saying all that he knows, right? Like yeah. he, he has uh he has some secrets to him or 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 stuff like that, and you kind of find out some about his past and why he's on the boat. And I, I think because we got those moments about him and like why he's on the ship, I was like, okay, you're you're probably a terrible person, but I like you because, <laughs> because I know the most about you. And he's sensible. Yeah. Like he doesn't have any kind of there. pride or anything clouding his judgment. He's just like, this is the most logical thing that will protect the greatest amount of men. This will keep us all safe. And then <laughs> Sir Franklin's like, no, we'll be fine. The waters will thaw. Our food will be good. We'll find our in, way boys. out. The water's fine. <laughs> Whoops, a monster took my leg and I'm dead in like episode three <laughs> right <laughs> he got that was, Darth that was something else i like this <laughs> like the pacing of the show i think it, i would be expecting certain things and then it would show up way earlier than i thought like i didn't know the show took place over such a long span of time it's like three years like in the first episode they're talking about well what if we get frozen in for the winter and then the next episode's like, it's like well we were frozen in for the winter and it's like months <laughs> later and i'm like you did it already yeah which is i, I mean that's I, I guess that's what you get for only 10 episodes mm -hmm. but that that was another obstacle for me to be like i just like I want to spend the time with them. Like the 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 whole terror of mm -hmm. this is they are in the middle of nowhere, stuck with no food. Yeah, it anywhere. is. When they talk about, yeah, like, and when they talk about walking out, it's an eight hundred mile walk to get to yeah. like a trading post. Yeah. So let, <laughs> like let me be they there are with so them. So far away from any kind of city. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I like I I I, I want to spend that that time with them and mm -hmm. and to see them slowly run out of food. What are the politics with that? Whose side are they on? Are they on the chef's side that the food's fine, or are are they on the side of hey we can't eat this? We need to go get hunting parties and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. show me more of that. And so I I think I wanted them to venture out of the ships 
more and deal mm. with the Eskimos more and explore the ter- terrain because it is this idea of they are in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing there, and I kind of wanted that supernatural stuff to for them to be part of this hallucination. Are things that we think are happening really happening, mm. or yeah? Like, hey, there's actually more to this environment than we thought. There's there's some weird stuff mm-hmm. happening here, and we just didn't get that. Yeah, like all the supernaturalness is really focused on Tunbach, on this one creature, and then the creature has this relationship to Lady Silence and her father. That's pretty much just all Tunbach. And very early on, they're like, "Okay, Tunbach is real." So like everybody's yeah. so certain like the threat is known very early on and i think i i, I also would have appreciated just a general ambiance of things are weird around here like there's nothing else really besides tunbach it's not like like the weather's being weird but like the, the scientifically like we look back on it yes there was some sort of mini ice age happening in that area at that time like there's nothing else that anybody is like super like weirded out by it's just the monster and i kind of wished it was a lot of little things kind of mm-hmm. spread out everywhere like yeah, if there was a ghost like a mass hallucinations or that they're yeah. all seeing the same they're all they're all seeing the same thing but at separate t- t- times it's not that like there's we yeah. all saw the ghost at the exact same time because there it was right there but it's like no mm-hmm. this guy mentioned he saw the ghost but he was by himself this guy mentions the same kind of thing, but he was off on this other place, you know, at the, mm. like, I want more of that. And yeah, when, when they, when they show you this monster and it d- does become real and it can hurt this monster, then it, it becomes a lot less supernatural, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, it still has this, is that the grandfather? We don't really know. Maybe it is. Or mm-hmm. is it like mm-hmm. uh one of their gods or a something? Who knows? Yeah. I, like, I, yeah. I my I, initial I'm... guess. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, my initial guess is that the monster would have wound up to be a Wendigo, which yeah. I don't know if that is culturally correct i know that is a myth of some native peoples of north america but i don't know if it's like usa or canada or exactly which group of people it is and where they lived it is from canada let's see i'm looking it up i know i remember the first i read the story like when i was like eight years old i think this is one of the scary stories to tell in the dark tales uh so (laughs) and i know it was someplace cold the wendigo uh, is a man-eating creature or evil spirit native to the northern forests of Nova Scotia and Atlantic. Okay, it is. It is kind of kind of around there. And the Great Lakes region of Canada. Yeah, so. Okay. I think this the story takes place farther north than that, so I don't know how far the legend carries, but that's it uh, could close be enough. <laughs> version, yeah. Of, yeah, and the Wendigo is... Uh, I believe in a lot of tellings, this is what happens to you after you succumb to cannibalism. Like, if you eat another person, you are no longer a person. You are this monstrous creature. And the way it was described in the scary stories to tell in the dark, 
I would have loved to have seen that. I would have liked that a lot more than just like big bear. Oh, that Not that I don't like Toonbok. I think Toonbok looks pretty cool. No, that that but, that would yeah, be and, like, fantastic. The way it was described. That's exactly where this show goes, right? Yeah, and the whole yes. idea of them being stuck out in the middle of nowhere is that they are slowly running out of food. And so this idea of like, we have to eat something uh, mm-hmm. and people are dying. What if we just have use, use the meat that's right there? It's them. Um, but the, the, yeah, this idea of like, what if that's happening a lot sooner than we realize the cannibalism mm-hmm. stuff and the Wendigo is only killing the people that have eaten that meat or 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 mm. or, st- or stuff like that and they don't put the connection together and we don't realize that's the reason behind it until the end of the of the show that i think would have been fantastic yeah, it's just a big, yeah. big old bear with a weird face. <laughs> Which is a neat design. I like how he looks like a bear and also kind of like a man. Like, if he's designed well. Uh, the way I remember the Wendigo tale going is that what happens to you, should you become a Wendigo, is that your features just kind of, like, stretch and distort and become elongated. Mm-hmm. And that is like that mask that that... Yeah. Uh, yeah that that man has when the dying boy sees him in the first episode it's like the mouth has just been like distorted and pulled so i thought that's where it was going i was like the second the show comes on i'm like okay when does somebody eat somebody i know this is happening (laughs) and i talked about a lot of things happened earlier than i thought they would but the cannibalism i was like from episode one i'm like okay when does this come into play? No, this one is coming. And like, it actually took slightly longer than I would have thought. Right. Uh, so yeah, apparently it is also in Inu lore, which I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's present day Quebec, it looks like. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if that's the same thing as Inuit. I don't, I don't know the I don't correct know. terms. To any of this stuff but yeah so um speaking of the monster let's talk about the monster a little bit more uh mm-hmm. one of the scenes that they that that happens and then they mention it once but besides that we don't really see anything else again oh yeah is when he eats the one person and like the guy's soul like leaves his body body and the monster like inhales it or, or yeah I, 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 I guess we don't necessarily see him inhale it or consume the soul but the person standing like 15 feet away says he saw he saw it and that's what happened. yeah isn't it hickey i don't remember or it's like or it's somebody in hickey's camp men. yeah um yeah. But yeah, so what did you think of that scene there? That this monster is more so there to consume souls rather than like kill and eat meat. That's, I wanted more of that. Like they talk about how Toonbok has the, like a man like intelligence. Like he is not 
operating the way even the smartest animal would try and hunt you. Right. Like there's something to him. And I really like that this kind of tried to build up just more of what he does. Even if we don't figure it out, just we can learn more of whatever his skill set is, how he operates. Is it the souls he's really after? And yeah, yeah it doesn't, they don't really learn much about it. But I think that does kind of play into what you're looking for. Like, I think the only the, there's one person that sees the soul get eaten and the other people he's talking to are like, OK, eat souls. All right. Guess it could happen. Yeah. They're like, well, with the shit we've seen, <laughs> anything is p- p- possible. Mm. Uh, how about <laughs> the the charms that the... Oh, yeah, that was an interesting thing. And I was because, mm-hmm. again, with my magic imagination of like, I how is this supposed to be supernatural? What is happening here? There is this idea of when they killed him, they found all of these charms that were like sewn into the hood mm-hmm. of 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 his c- 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 coat and they steal him and i don't remember what they do with i think they bury him with them or something but lady silence wants them back and so i was wondering if there was some kind of connection there like it it was somehow uh that his body still had possession of those things and he shouldn't or maybe they needed to switch it to a different one or one of them was secretly yeah like she needs them or something yeah like she needs them to like sort of take over his role as like you know tune box the the shaman watched her yeah i believe is what they called him um yeah i think they said that yeah like i there's there's so many little things in this show that it didn't explore but it mentioned or it showed like mr hickey being a gay character in this but also then ends up being the bad guy which is also like a bad trope of like oh the gay guy is the villain and like we we don't learn anything more about that if that is his real well if that's his real orientation or if it's like well this is the option i have the romans do (laughs) you know i'm in a ship stuck in the arctic there's only other men like this isn't specified at all any port in an ice storm yeah yeah you know, it could have just very well been that because the, there was i a, would have liked to have had that explored a little bit there, it, there seemed to be a little bit of i mean maybe i'm completely wrong here did you pick up on any kind of subplot or not subplot but just undertones between Crozier and what was his the the guy underneath him? Fitz yeah, Fitz oh. James. <laughs> People are about this. I I was I was going to say there was some tension there. Yeah. There was some like they knew each other real well. They 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 sure are good mm-hmm. buddies, good old pals. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the um I forget their names, but it's like the older man and like the slightly younger man and they like lend each other books. Yeah. Those two had something like very sweet. Like there's a couple relationships that get like 
they vaguely could kind of be romantic if a lot more time was spent with them. There was actually less of that than I was expecting. Hmm. Like the most, like we've got Hickey and Billy sleeping together, but they are not a couple. Right. Like he gives them that ring. If you know what I mean. That he stole from the dead body. Right. Yeah. But like, that's, as far as it goes, I was expecting more like overt romance. Actually, I don't know if there's anybody actually kisses each other in the entire show because everything they do is off screen. I don't. And I'm like, so. when was the last time I watched a show? Me, like Wait, such a romance nerd, saw a show where nobody kisses each other. Don't they? Isn't there one scene where they do? <sighs> I I don't remember. Um, oh. I don't remember specifically, but like I was expecting more romance on the ship to be dealt with. Or not, and I didn't necessarily me, miss it because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. But I was you know, just surprised, quietly yeah. surprised, but then easily distracted by something else the next minute. Like, oh, yes, who's going to bicker? What kind of professional rivalries do we have to watch? Right. Like I, I wanted things to just break down in all sorts of ways all sorts of different politics all sorts of different relationships going bad 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 or new ones starting up like the whole idea after after uh mr hickey and billy get caught and they kind of have their falling out there's a scene where it looks like he's taking a shit on his bed on Billy's yes, bed to like get out of his bed, and then later he's like, "I stole this ring off a dead body for you." And later he's comforting him, and then he stabs him, and he's like, "Time to eat you!" Right? Like, there's so just no mention he of. He was a delight to watch. It, it, like, there is like he shits on on the guy's bed, and then there's just no mention of it. It never c- c- comes up again. <laughs> I. That's net. You, that's I, not don't I was do that a little bit more fallout from something like that but like how does stuff like that whether it's completely petty right like yeah. that type of stuff how does that affect the morale of the men there right how does that hmm. a- affect the 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 politics behind the rations well if you're gonna be like this and i'm gonna side with this guy and he's on the side that says we should go go hunting food and so yeah fuck you and your tin cans mm-hmm. right like I, <laughs> <laughs> like i i i i want more of that stuff of the the people that think they should break the ship down to build better housing or to do something mm-hmm. else or like ha- like what do you do do you send a party out to look for lady silence and their tribe and try to convince them to be like hey we need your help uh and yeah do we send a party after them there's so much potential i think in that story that i'm wondering like i'm I'm now wondering how much more is in the book Mm mm-hmm like it, like I, I, I hate to be reductive and be like, well, I'm sure the book is better than the movie or the the TV <laughs> series, but like it's just a matter of like pacing and just what yeah. you can fit in a book versus what you can fit in a TV show, and just like what but happens this, in internal monologue in a book versus what happens in dialogue and action in a TV series. Like they just cover different been things. 
this could have easily been two or three seasons. Easily. Yeah. Of, of them yeah, going out there. Than... Like, imagine the fire being the season finale of, of one. Like, now what do we do? Our fucking ships are gone. Like, yeah, and, we, now we're we just lost stuck here. so many men. All of the supplies we used to build these tents over here. Yeah. Just like think that. about how much stuff they lost. Like, oh no, now we don't have blankets. Yeah, and then season two is like Rise of the Cannibals and 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 something else. And then season three is Attack of the Wendigo, right? Like, I, I, I just <laughs> yeah, something like that to give the story more t- t- time. I think is what it really. Needed, but I feel like I'm starting to sound like a broken re- re- record on that. I'm just like, I wanted more supernatural stuff. It, it had weird pacing. Fuck you and your tin cans and uh, blah blah blah. And <laughs> <laughs> lead cans, right? <laughs> I I want to say that I liked, I think the first six episodes the okay. most. I liked when they were on the ships. More than when they were just out walking and camping among the vast barren wasteland of northern oh, Canada. You know what would be really neat? How c- cool would this be if mm. they filmed it similarly t- t- to Birdman, where it's just this real o- over-the-shoulder, real close behind, like... Oh, just, just while they're in the ships? Claustrophobic. Oh, that yeah. sounds great. It d- 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 doesn't necessarily really... need to follow one character the entire time, mm. but just that 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 sense of just things are happening nonstop. It's all just one go 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 go, right? Huh? Yeah, I I think they wow. did it well though. I yeah, love the ships as a setting. I love how they're so enclosed. The ceilings are low. Yeah, there's just all these little rooms and cubbies, and everyone's crammed together. Yeah, like all the creaking noises, and then when the ice starts to like force the terror at an angle, then you've just got like canted angles for everything that's happening. The whole thing feels just tense and cramped and unsettling, and I love it. Angle that just makes everything feel off, like something something is wrong. Yeah, and then I liked the tension, the dread of are we going to have to walk out of here? I thought that was more effective than watching them when they actually did have to walk out of there. Right. I think it just affected me differently. Like the, the latter half of the series is so barren and desolate. It, you feel that more than you feel like tension. Like you're not on the edge of your seat. You're yeah. just like, Oh, Oh, this is so sad. Like, I, I think the earlier episodes are a little bit more thrilling because it's got that, Oh, just that claustrophobic energy to it. The latter half of the season doesn't feel claustrophobic because they're out there in this vast wasteland. And like, it's not better or worse. They're both very different feelings. I just responded better to the, the atmosphere when they were on the ships. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm the opposite. Um, though I, I, I do really Mm. like the ships as a setting. Um, I, I liked, the end of the show better uh because like you 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 knew that they were all going to die right Mm -hmm. like 
we get like if this is based off of real events where we know that they all die we just don't know how and that's what they're speculating on right um there is this tension of how everything is starting to break down and that is the part of the show where i was like this is more of what i want here's mr hickey causing dissension and stirring up trouble and Mm -hmm. doing all of that stuff and he's playing politics and stuff like that and then there's this whole cannibalism thing and then there's this like hey if i poison myself and kill myself they're gonna eat me which means i can make them sick and it's just like that's yes that's fascinating that's horrifying that's what i want like that was the, Mm -hmm. the, the thing so i like that and the the scene of the one guy with the peg leg who was yes. like, just let me lead the monster off. Tie I'm f- dying f- anyway, yeah. Over. His end scene where he just looks back at the thing and starts t- to laugh is creepy. I was like, that's unsettling. Like, it- Oh, I, I loved it. Like, I love his goodbye with Crozier because they are old friends, him and Mr. Blanky. Right. And like, there's this moment of like, kind of ha- like happiness between the two of them like this dark gallows humor where they're just holding each other and laughing that is oh like it's grim as it is it is the brightest moment mm-hmm. like since episode six when they were having that doomed carnival and all right, wearing yeah. silly hats yeah <laughs> and then he's he's happy when he dies because he's like oh he can see like the water starting to thaw out in the distance and he's like there it is there's the passage. It was real the whole time. We weren't on a wild goose chase. There's something here. We just could never get there. Melissa, they could have done a murder mystery with everyone in masks. Someone gets murdered and we don't know who it is. And then it's 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 the like, someone on this boat is a murderer. And I, I don't nice. know who it is, but it's good. We're going to find out. Right, like they they could have done something like that too. I digress. Um, what did you think of the the <laughs> like flashback sequences of the like families? Like, hey, they've been gone for two years and we haven't heard from them. Maybe we should do something. I liked them. I really liked Lady Jane, who was Sir Franklin's wife, who was like. I went out into the snowstorm. I took my shoes off. I stood out there for as long as I could stand it. And that was two hours. And they've been in temperatures far worse for years. I loved how just absolutely committed. And, well, you know, the the Navy isn't listening to me. Time for me to call up my friend Charles Dickens and get him to help me like raise some funds. I'm going to pay for my own ships. I'm going to send him out there to find my husband. I dug that a lot. Yeah. I I, I liked that. That it was not just them like wanting to raise money for the ships, but for them to be Mm -hmm. on the ships when they Mm -hmm. go, that was the thing of like, no, we will be on those ships. Like (laughs) we, we are going to find our husbands <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah like that, that I, I i again like it's it's another part of the show that i like a lot but they just didn't explore it like i wanted them to to like i wanted a flashback to the antarctic expedition that, that a bunch nice. of them were on yeah and like we hear about it 
Like we hear that they have to walk out of that, but they didn't do it early enough. And this is what Crozier is pushing. Like Franklin, we need, like, it's going to be a long, hard walk. We have to start as soon as we need to. And I think we need to, because he says, when we reached the beach, we had one day's rations left. And thank goodness we found this old ship there that had rations inside it. But if it wouldn't have been for that, we would have all died. Let's not die this time. And Franklin's like, "Mm, I I think you're worrying. I think we're okay. Ice will melt. We'll sail right out of here. It's cool. Drink your whiskey. We also didn't get enough underwater stuff. That was terrifying. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. What was your... I I guess favorite scene, but, like, what, what was your favorite... Like, I, I guess, supernatural scene or like your favorite spook moment or like what? What was there something like that scared my you favorite the most? twist that scared yeah. me the most? I had a lot of literal jaw drops watching the show. Like, I think when like, especially I think the biggest ones are when Dr. Stanley walks out and just sets himself on fire. And when you find out Mr. Hickey is not Mr. Hickey, he's some guy that just stole the real Cornelius Hickey's identity. And there aren't like photo IDs in 1845. So nobody catches us, catches him on. He's like, oh, yeah, you don't remember my face because I grew a beard. The other guy's like, "Okay, that must be it. Come aboard. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> it's like well i see my signature Those are there the biggest like t- oh, the scariest thing for me oh um i forget which episode this is it's like maybe like four five six it's in like the latter chunk of when they are still on the boats mm-hmm. when it's so foggy outside and toonbach is coming and like chasing i think it's blanky like up the mast of the ship and it's mm-hmm. just super foggy and hazy and you can barely see like six feet in front of you that was really good that's horrifying yeah they they did fog really nicely Mm -hmm. like that scene was fantastic and then when toonbach is running around the camp uh when the men men have been like well we took the guns for ourselves and this and that and like everything is happening all at once and it's just People are running this yes, way and that yes. way, and Toonbach is there, and the guy's soul is getting eaten, and what in the world? Like, that, like that stuff was fantastic. I think one of my favorite moments, which again is something we didn't get enough of, when mm-hmm. the guy that's been sick wakes up and sees everyone leaving and starts army crawling out of yeah. the tent because that's all he can do and he, he's he's like wait don't leave me all of that stuff but then he starts hallucinating this like alice in wonderland style feast with with uh what was his name crozier yeah um him at the at the head of the t- table and he's crawling on the table instead knocking off all of this food like that was the most yeah, surreal yeah. moment like it's yes, not even scary I would have liked a little bit more like that yeah right give me more of that stuff like I like, like it's not a scary moment but it, it's it seems like something mm-hmm. f- out of a Salvador Dali painting right where it's just this very very barren landscape yes there's this weird table with food on top of it and some dead Mm -hmm. guy 
crawling on top of it. There's a, you know, some guy smoking a pipe at the end of it. It's very strange. And it's like, I, I don't know why that happened or what that's supposed to signify or if it's a metaphor for something. But yeah, it was just like, I really liked that, that scene. I was like, Ooh, give me more of that. Yes. There's so much going on in this show. Like I'll like, I can't keep all the supporting characters straight. And like, I don't remember like, Oh, did this happen? When was this? Somebody said this, who said it? Like, cause there's so much going on and I watch the whole thing so fast yeah this is a show i think i really will come back to and find all new layers and like all new symbolism and things i never picked up on before and i'm really excited about that i think the show has yeah real rewatch value you might have to go read the book to to see if that can help inform i kind of do want to read the book yeah right See if that mm-hmm. can inform your next watch of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else do you want to talk about? Any specific moments or scenes <sighs> or stuff that we haven't touched on yet? I don't know. I, so I finished this on Tuesday, and I have felt, like, haunted by the thing sure. the whole week because it is so brutal i'll just be going about my day and i'm like remember when hickey gave him the ring he stole off the dead man and then he and then he killed him and then he ate him and then (laughs) good sir covered himself in poison and drank poison and killed himself as the sacrifice like they will eat me they will die this is what needs to happen and Oh, it's like it's such a barrage of gut punches that I feel like and it's only been a matter of days. I will have to report back at our end of the year retrospective and see how I'm thinking about the show then. But this feels like something that will like stick to me like Mm -hmm. eight years from now. I'll still be staring out at the horizon thinking about Harry Good, sir. Yeah. Um, I, I, I. Yeah, I would agree and say that it is a very haunting mm-hmm. show. Yeah, just it it sticks with you because it's all horrifying stuff. It's just yeah, it it just ugh. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure something one of my friends said when describing the show because we were talking about the tone of it mm-hmm. and how. Like, it's a rough show, but when you know that's what it's supposed to be going into it, when you know this is a horror show, it is based on these true series events where the ships were lost and nobody came out alive. Like, when you know that going into it, then you're just sort of excited to see everything happen. Yeah. (laughs) And they were saying, really, if you just think about it, it's kind of like a slasher movie, but the murderer is the Arctic. (laughs) Like, that's true. Like, you're just watching a series of survival disasters. All kinds of disasters. We didn't bring enough food. The food we brought is spoiling. Anything that isn't spoiled is in a lead can. Right. (laughs) And even that is slowly getting spoiled. (laughs) Everything is against us. Everything is against us. And, like, I like that. There was... It's not... So early on, you can see that Hickey is kind of 
kind of an antagonist. And there's lots of like bickering and like enemies going on throughout the ship. Like Crozier spends all his time fighting with Franklin and Fitzjames. But there is no human villain, I think, until Hickey's like, I'm taking these men and we're going to break away from things. Like, I like that the first chunk of the series is just survival problems. Right. Yeah. That was neat. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Like, it's not like we don't need a villain on top of this. Like, circumstances will murder us all. Hubris and bad luck are just all it takes to knock us down. Exactly. So I do. Let me read one more thing off of the Wendigo Wikipedia page because that. Okay. Kind of goes off of what you're saying. It says the creature lends its name to the controversial modern medical term Wendigo psychosis, described by psychiatrists as a culture bound syndrome with symptoms such as intense craving for human flesh and fear of becoming a cannibal. In some indigenous communities environmental destruction and insatiable greed are also seen as a manifestation of wendigo psychosis um so yeah like i i i think that adds to not only what you were just saying that he like there wasn't really this human antagonist it is this environmental Mm -hmm. stuff right it is this yeah metaphor of everything around them that these white men are only after something that will help them to profit right they are being greedy they are destroying the environment and that is why this monster is haunting them right uh they're out here they are running out of food and they're all slowly thinking it who are we gonna eat first uh right and here is this mm-hmm. monster being like hey, i'm gonna be the one to eat you all first <laughs> um, yeah and that's a question the show never really broaches it's definitely like we should not have done this under these circumstances we should have paid for better cans to put our food in we should have been better prepared we can do better <laughs> <laughs> never talks about are we right to go up here at all and like what the effects of that are yeah because i don't i don't know if the, any of the natives are necessarily bothered that they're there there's like oh hi yeah. and they kind of work it out like my name's this your name's that uh here's a spyglass here's they've, here's some elk meat <laughs> they've obviously ran into other people enough that a few a, f- a few of them know their language right they can speak yes. the the yeah wh- like Crozier's been up there before is. enough that like he's pretty fluent in the language like he's got his own kind of local name up there i am yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious, like, is, like, the culture seems okay that they're there, like, they get what the mission is, like, we're just here to sail through, we're just gonna see if we can sail from one side to the other side, but there is something, like, when they get up there, something does break, like, Toonbok is after them for something, and I don't, I don't know, like, it's all kind of vague, and it's kind of interesting that it's kind of vague, because ultimately, what does it matter why anything is happening? It's happening. It cannot be stopped. Like, death is imminent. It doesn't care how much you know about why anything is happening. It is. You can investigate every option. Ain't none of them going to save you. Yeah. You're going to die out here. You may or may not get eaten. 
You know what would have solved this entire thing and how they could have lived? Just bring how? Sawyer from Lost. He'll kill the polar bear. That's what he did in episode one. It's not a polar bear. Toonbok is an entire other creature. So now you're on the same side as my dad. Why just... don't they just kill and eat the monster? Like, it's that easy. <laughs> like, the monster's even something you can eat. Maybe the monster's also made out of right. lead. No, so one last thing about Toonbok. The whole idea of good sir poisoning himself and then killing yes. himself so the men eat him and so then Toonbok eats all the men and then gets sick from e eating them that was a little bit of a stretch for me that the poison would go that far to like not to like make the men sick and then make Toonbok sick because he I don't ate think it was necessarily the poison that's what I assumed it was because it, it, he had no trouble eating multiple I, people wasn't it like, all at once wasn't, until that 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 time when they all had the poison like in them. He and gobbles up a lot of hickey and then doesn't, like, isn't somebody choking him or something? Like, well, I don't think it's poison. I think he, like, chokes and that's how he dies. It's, it's yeah, it, he, so, uh, he eats the other guy that's chained up or he, he mm. eats multiple people that are chained up. So the chain is like inside him, like stuck inside him. And then that's why. Oh, yes. 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 Crozier is pulling on the ch chain. Yes. So he won't get eaten. But yeah, I, I didn't. It, it didn't seem like he was choking because it was still slowly going down and he was still like he still uh ate the arm off of uh Mr. Hickey and then like ate his mm -hmm. bottom half and all of the, that stuff like he was still consuming more food but it like eventually he was just like Mr. Stark I don't feel so good and then he was like Bleh. and then yeah. he, like he just like barfed it all up so who knows who knows? <laughs> Maybe the Wendigo or the Toonbok thing does throw up and we just haven't seen it all yet. Like he eats the entire body to consume the soul, but he doesn't need the meat. He just needs the soul. Who knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating way too much. I, I feel like we could talk forever about this show. So let's. Call it a night out yeah. here on the Arctic where this it's night for like a month in a row and then wait till summer and it'll be day for like a month in a row. That's how it happens up here. Exactly. Uh, let's call it a night. Let's talk about Do you have any recommendations? Did this remind you of anything? And would you say if you liked the terror, try this also? Um, There was. Oh, goodness gracious. Now that I'm thinking about what I can recommend. There, there is. Let me see if I can find this. Do, do you have recommendations in the meantime while I look this up? I do. I have a couple odd ones. There is a trailer for a movie that is not out yet. Okay. That I really like. There's a movie called The Lighthouse. This comes out mid-October. This stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson and only them. They are two lighthouse keepers in like 
early 20th century. Like it's, I'm not getting an exact fix on the time, but it's mm-hmm. olden times. And it's just the two of them alone in this lighthouse, seemingly just like going mad and like mm-hmm. getting absolutely stir crazy cooped up there with each other. And the whole thing just seems like spooky and horrific, but I don't know exactly what, like, is one of them going to huh. try and kill the other is like, you know, the environment trying to kill them. I don't know, but the movie is all in black and white, Ooh. all in like three, three, four aspect ratio. Like it's all square like and it's filmed to look really old. This looks like a movie from like the twenties or thirties or something. I've watched the awesome. trailer so many times. Every time I have somebody over, I'm like, let me show you this trailer. Like it's got that same really tense, unsettling feeling to it. I'm really excited about this movie. I looked it up on IMDb and the, the only actors are the two of them and a woman playing mermaid. So we'll see how that goes. Woman playing mermaid. I'm also going to call mermaid, yeah. I'm also going to call up call upon my English major skills and recommend a poem. Okay. Which I don't think has ever been done here before. My very favorite poet I studied in college is Samuel Taylor Coleridge. And he wrote a poem called The Rime of the Ancient Mariner, which unfortunately I didn't have time to reread it before this recording. And I haven't read it since I was in college, but I loved it. And it's about this voyage, you know, this old ship going somewhere. Don't remember where. Mm-hmm. And the narrator of the poem accidentally kills an albatross. And the rest of the crew is like, what are you doing? An albatross is supposed to be a good luck bird. That's supposed to be a good omen. You've ruined us. You've cursed the entire thing. And that's like a metaphor. If you still hear that today, like, oh, that's a real albatross for this mission. That's, mm-hmm. I think, what this comes back to. Okay. And this does kind of curse the voyage. And, like, they're, they're, there's no wind. You know, they can't sail. They're stuck out on the ocean. They go through all of their rations. They go through all of their water. And they're just all slowly dying of hunger and thirst and getting baked by the sun out there on the ship. And then eventually the narrator, like, spots land or some sort of sign of life or something on the horizon. And he tries to call out to his crewmates, say that it's there. But he's his voice is gone. Like, he, they've had no water in so long, his throat is so dry, he cannot speak to call out land ho. So he bites into his own wrist so Makes that the blood. blood can wet his mouth enough that he can yell out to his crewmates. And that image has stuck with me for years. Wow. And that's, like, exactly the same level that the terror operates on. Yeah. So, yeah, go look up this poem. <laughs> It's easy to find because I think it's just in the public domain. Just Google it. You'll find it. Good stuff. Uh, So I wanted to recommend an anime called The Lost Village. Uh, Oh. Actually, actually, I covered this on a podcast long ago on an episode of The Whatnots podcast, uh, which is an older version of this here show that we are Mm -hmm. doing right now. Um, And it is about a group of about 30 or so people that get on this tour bus to go see this village that is uh, like this urban legend that it is this utopia. Uh, And they... Many people seek to like start a new life here at this village and mm-hmm. all of that stuff or to escape their troubles. And when they get there, 
they find that the village has no inhabitants with very little signs of life at all. And everything is slowly deteriorating. And Mm. over time, while they're there, they discover, like, what is actually happening and all of this stuff. And it's this supernatural tale. Is there a monster thing that's out there that ate all of these people? Why is there no one here? It's spooky. Spooky stuff. Spoopy. So that is The Lost Village. Uh, It is in anime. Apparently, it's also a manga and a novel. Mm. Oh. It's a television series produced by blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Cool. There you go. That's what I would recommend for that. I have three pitches for next week, though. Pitch time. Pitch time. And I have a theme. I'm not going to say what uh-huh. it is at the start because I feel like it should be pretty easy to understand, especially... uh. If you are listening to this episode as it happens, I'm sure Melissa will understand it immediately. Pitch number one is volumes one and two of She-Hulk. Ah-ha-ha! Uh, This is uh, written by Dan Slott, and it came out in around 2004 to 2005. Uh, I believe it's 12 issues total uh, and that is the yeah. entirety of the run. Uh, so I let me see if I can find a little synopsis thing here. She-Hulk, come to me. Where can I find you? Um, so volume one, which is entitled Single Green Female... Uh, says, single green female, outgoing, intelligent, great sense of <laughs> of humor, enjoys clubbing, dishing with gal pals, and saving the universe. Ready to put old issues behind and make a fresh start. Contact Jen W. at Avengers Mansion. That's right, everyone's favorite jade giantess, She-Hulk has returned for tons of fun both on and off the field of battle. I hear in issue four of this, she represents Spider-Man in a lawsuit against him and J. Jonah Jameson for slander <laughs> or libel. I'm not sure this which This is what I like one. about She-Hulk. I like that among all of this, she is a working lawyer. <laughs> yes, she she is a working lawyer. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know the entirety of stuff that happens in this, in this run, but I have heard good things about Dan Slott's run on She-Hulk, uh, and that is pitch number one. Pitch number two is Miss Marvel Volumes 1 and mm-hmm. t- 2. This is all about Kamala Khan, uh, written by G. Willow Wilson. Uh, and let's see if I can get a little bit of a synopsis for these ones. Uh, so volume one, which is entitled No Normal, uh, Marvel Comics presents the all-new Miss Marvel, the groundbreaking 
heroine that has become an international sensation. Kamala Khan is an ordinary girl from Jersey City until she is suddenly empowered with extraordinary gifts. But who truly is the all-new Miss Marvel? Teenager? Muslim? Inhuman? Find out as she... as she takes the Marvel Universe by storm, as Kamala discovers the danger, the dangers of her newfound powers, she unlocks a secret behind them as well. Is Kamala ready to wield these in- immense new g- 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 gifts, or will the weight of the le- legacy before her be too much to handle? Kamala has no idea. I, 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 either, but she's coming for for you, New York. There you go, Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, volumes one and two. Uh, this was published around the time around two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, and I'm sure you can already guess what pitch number three will be. <laughs> uh, if you know what I am talking about. Uh, pitch number three is volumes one through three of Moon Knight. Oh. Uh, these are written by Jeff Lemire. Uh, there's 14 issues in total. Have we, we've read something by Jeff Lemire, haven't yes. we? What was it? Um, it was not, it was Essex County, I believe. Is what we oh, read. the guy who... Really? Really? I can find where we did that. We, that was like our first, one of the first couple episodes of the year. Yeah, Essex also, County. Also Plutona. He did Plutona. Oh. Oh, oh. As well. Which uh, I don't remember. Let's see. I guess that's. What? see episode number where did plutona go episode 32 of the review show is on plutona uh and then essex county was episode 40 those are are both by jeff Mm -hmm. lemire so this is moon knight um by jeff lemire and i wanted to pitch the first three volumes because there's only 14 issues total uh in his okay run and it says uh mark specter aka moon knight aka jake lockley aka stephen garant has been fighting criminals and keeping new york city safe for years or has he When Mark wakes up in an insane asylum with no powers and a lifetime's worth of medical records, all of his identities are called into question. He's surrounded by faces. uh, Let's see. He is surrounded by faces. Haughty doctor. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Right. Haughty doctor, hostile orderlies, vacant-eyed patients. But maybe those faces are just masks. Some might hide friends. Others might hide enemies. Or even worse, gods and monsters. Mark's got to get out. The moon is high. The mask is 
on, but if he succeeds in escaping, will he find only a city of sand? And what will it mean when Mark Spector comes face to face with Moon Knight? Everything you know may be wrong, and you'd be insane not to find out for sure. There you go. Okay. So, Melissa, what is my theme? Oof. <laughs> These are all the new Disney Plus shows. Yes. Developing exactly. out of brand new MCU characters. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got other shows D23. featuring familiar faces. You know, our buddies wanda and vision and falcon and winter soldier and loki and all of them but these are characters who have never been in the series before we will get to know them here on the new platform exactly i'm excited to meet all of them i've never read anything from any of these people Uh, i think i want to go with she hulk because that one sounds like the most fun that sounds like a romp just like I could I could use with a a single powerful career woman role model. <laughs> right. I don't want to have to worry about a teen or a sick man. <laughs> okay. Uh so let's see. She-Hulk volumes 1 and 2 by Dan Slott uh are both available on Comicsology Unlimited. Uh nice. so if you guys have access to that, uh you guys should absolutely read along with us. Uh, and I believe it is 12. Oh, wait. Wait, is it not on Comixology Unlimited? I thought it was. It was just on here. I just looked at this thing. and It's not on, it's not on Comixology Unlimited. I take that back. Uh, it is not on Comixology Unlimited, but that's okay. We can still find it elsewhere. Uh, mm. It is available uh, to to buy on comiXology if you guys want to go that route as well um but yeah well I'll stick with it i'll stick with i'll stick with she hulk sure good i'm excited for law adventures right law and order maybe <laughs> who knows well, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see maybe we'll get both yeah i'm the nerd who watched the daredevil series and was like more law please I so now here's that too here, here it is uh yeah good stuff so we'll good. be back it's reading a nice courtroom story exactly we'll be back next week with uh she-hulk volumes one and t- one and two by dan slot uh for episode mm-hmm. 74 this has been episode 73 melissa where can the people find you on the you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit that's w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t and I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. If you guys want to follow us and stay up to date with our shows, go like, share, subscribe. Uh, we could absolutely use your help on YouTube. Uh, go subscribe to our channel there if you watch us. Yeah, you guys can watch can our faces. Watch us and do all that stuff instead. Uh, but yeah, we could absolutely use your help, even if that is not the normal way you listen to the show uh as well as on twitch twitch.tv slash the whatnots uh if if you guys could subscribe subscribe to us on that or i guess follow us you can't subscribe to us yet uh but if you guys Mm. can follow us on twitch that would help us out a a ton let's go like share subscribe sell your soul we will be back next week for she hulk see you then 
Uhum. Adeus. Bye.